Money is just merely a measurement of someone's time and their skill. The more skill somebody has, the less time it takes to perform a task. The more money you have, the more people you can hire with a skill, reducing the time. Money is a time measurement. The more you have, the more you condense time. The thoughts of Michael Hudson, founder and chief executive of Bitstocks, the London-based cryptocurrency market advisory firm. He's a big thinker about cryptocurrency, how Bitcoin can help developing countries, and how money works. Bitstocks is launching a platform called Gravity this year, which they describe as a banking ecosystem. Michael is a strong advocate of Bitcoin SV, so much so that when the British press called him a Bitcoin tycoon recently, he immediately tweeted, I should ask for a correction to Bitcoin SV tycoon. So please enjoy this CoinGeek conversation with the well-known Bitcoin SV tycoon, Michael Hudson began by asking Michael how Bitstocks got started. When I entered the space in 2014, what we set out to do was to demystify the cryptocurrency space, get rid of all of these nerdy, geeky uh, terms, and help your everyday investor really understand why Bitcoin is important, why it's actually relevant, what the technology is all about, how to understand it on a fundamental basis, and then you assign the monetary value to things. So we set up with two business models, our advisory desk, so the market advisory desk, managing investors' funds, and our OTC desk, and just giving investors access to market. Where we are right now, we're building an ecosystem, a holistic ecosystem. The space over the span of 10 years has been incredibly fragmented without too much sight of these pieces coming back together. So we had to go out there and build it ourselves and build a completely holistic approach to a modern interpretation of what banking should look like in a new Bitcoin world. Just stepping back a bit, a business that advises people on investing in crypto is probably not the best line of business to have been in recently. How have you weathered the storm? It's been brutal, but at the same time, it's actually the perfect business to be in because the most important thing is, is why we always position ourselves as an educational firm first, is that we provide the right psychological profile to our clients to actually weather these storms, whether it be upward swings or violent downward swings. We keep on consistently reminding our clients what the bigger picture is, the wider, broader perspective. And in market conditions like this, that is actually incredibly valuable. You're lucky to have been in business for actually a good few years in terms of crypto. Uh, so uh, perhaps to some extent this particular bear market is uh, sort of just another bear market as far as you're concerned, is it? So 2014 peak led into 2015 bear cycle, 2017 peak, 2018 bear cycle, it's the same thing pretty much. Um, so we have been battle tested. Um, I mean, I remember when Bitcoin was $30. Um, so we've, we've been in this space a while and we've seen how this space has changed and evolved. I suppose it's always very easy to feel, well, this time it's different. But I mean, we have seen a drop in value of some cryptos of like 90% or something. Um, do you regard this as just par for the course, really? This one's different for a couple of different reasons. From a regulatory standpoint, we haven't had any inkling of regulatory oversight. We're now having that come in. 
and that's coming in in troves. This is why as a company, Bitstocks has never been aggressive on ICOs. We've just anticipated this basic moment now where the regulators are going to come in and say, okay, do you know what? We've allowed this space to operate in the gray area for a very long period of time now. It's about time that we start pulling some whites from the, and blacks from the gray area. And the regulators are now going out there and doing that. And this is actually going to have a lot of these coins. There's 4,000 plus different cryptocurrencies. 99% of them are going to fall under the wrong side of regulation. So we see this massively clearing up the market and clearing up the space. And also a lot of the business activities uh, that are taking advantage of the lack of regulation and utilizing activities and practices that they just never would have gotten away with if there were actually proper regulation uh, in place. There's an argument that uh, while there's a lot of different cryptocurrencies out there at the moment, in the end, the market will consolidate and perhaps to just one. Uh, What's your view on that? Mathematically, and the way that we engage and interact with uh, money, and the way that the proof of work system actually really works, it's inevitable there's actually only going to be one. Because you have a scale of hash rate and price. If we, the, the thing that is missing from this whole space, I don't care what the blockchain is, no one has real working products, no one has real density in their networks. To have density means that what the miner's role is to do is to establish the outer ring of the network the heartbeat, that every single 10 minutes just beats blood flow into the network. And the more blood flow running through the network means the more density. A business's role in this is to be a SPV. So that means that we run our own uh, node as a business and through building amazing products, um, it's a special purpose uh, node. So you're, you're running your own Uh, version of the blockchain, full version uh, of the blockchain, because you need to make sure that you can actually see and reconcile your own traction, have sight of what you're pushing in. Even though you don't stamp anything, you want to make sure that you can see uh, what is going on with your transactions. And more importantly, you need people to connect to you. So my job as a business is to establish as many connections to me as possible. I'm helping build density in a network. I'm not stamping things. I can't inscribe data to the blockchain, but it's my job through amazing products to build density. This is what it is that we're missing. This is what SV understands. There's no point trying to convince a bunch of kids on Twitter that SV is the way forward. There's no point. This community is tiny and it's plagued with adolescents. There's no point taking this approach because people assume that someone online, because they have 800,000 followers, instantly that means intellect. This is a problem. So What's the alternative to that? The alternative is you solicit businesses. You, you provide stable foundations that gives a business like me confidence that you're not going to change this in a few months. It is a nightmare building in crypto. You've got all of these different coins that we've got offered to our clients. Every single time there's an update and a different implementation, we've got to do updates times 100. This is a problem. I don't want to update my main uh, blockchain that I'm built on top of as a business every single three, four, five, six months. This is not realistic. Anyone who's run a business at any form of scale will say this is not realistic. This is not how a business, the business ain't going to take this seriously. This is still an experiment. You have to lock down the foundation and then I build my house on it. If I think my house is being built on top of quicksand, which is what all of these other blockchains are, am I going to feel comfortable having a cup of tea in my house? 
No, because I know it's only a matter of time, right? If it's built on concrete foundations, which is what SV is saying, then businesses are gonna be built on top of it. And guess what? They're gonna stay and they're gonna flourish. On your website, you've got pictures of Africa and so on, and um, talking about taking an ethical approach to the business. Uh, how do you see that side of crypto developing? So Africa is a huge agenda for us here uh, at Bitstocks. So much that my investment team has already put together a research document on Africa where we factor in uh, electricity distribution, telecommunication distribution, uh, internet and this rate of speed uh, distribution, uh, capital flight allocations in the respective jurisdictions within Africa. And the off the cuff down the pub view of Africa is that everyone's in mud huts. When you do the research and you actually look into it, it, they've got the necessary prerequisites that allows them to step into modern banking. Money is just merely a measurement of someone's time and their skill. The more skill somebody has, the less time it takes to perform a task. Okay? The more money you have, the more people you can hire with a skill, reducing the time. Money is a time measurement. The more you have, the more you condense time. Education knowledge is based off this same factor as well. What you have two variants of education, knowledge. You have outer knowledge, inner knowledge. Outer knowledge will be the encapsulation of information from other individuals into one being. Okay? This is limited by time. You have 80 years on this planet to do that. What accelerated that process? The internet. The internet allows you to rapidly, rapidly learn from others, uh, all from the comfort of your own home. How we utilize and access the internet, again, condensed our time. We started off with a desktop computer, homework um, and the office, the homework and school. Then you had the laptop in between home and work uh, and school. Then the laptop turned into the Steve Jobs moment with the iPhone. Now we've got the hive mind of the world in our palm of our hand. Eventually, right now, if I want to take an image, I use sight, my camera, and then I use my thumb and I upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Eventually, this phone becomes a chip. I become sight. Consciousness is the upload. Then we're all interconnected. Knowledge, um, the spoken word, and money have a beautiful relationship, and it's all interlinked into time. When people understand this, doing quantitative easing, playing around with interest rates, these things make you sell your time for a cheaper rate without even realizing it. This is what economic slavery is. So how is crypto going to come into the picture and make things better? Because in crypto, there's no one to distort the value. You have a predetermined rate of issuance. So in Bitcoin's terms, we know that we'll only ever be 21 million coins. And we have the supply curve as to when those coins are going to come into existence. No one of over the whim of a weekend, based on some geopolitical event, can change that. That is incredibly important. That is incredibly important. That means that whatever I, as long as I'm measuring and weighting my time and skill in Bitcoin, over time, I know I'm always going to get a better return. Because the value that I took initially historically will be worth more four years down the road. Just because it's a limited supply? Limited supply. So it's deflation by nature instead of being inflation-based uh, by well, nature. Of course, it could be a limited supply, but actually nobody wants it anyway. Exactly. Exactly. This is why businesses are important. 
So businesses are there to establish the demand through great products, great services that then spur the demand of people to look at Bitcoin and say, do you know what? This is a better rate of measuring time. Because the government, historically, there's 4,000 different variants of government money that have an average lifespan of 27 years. Historically, would you say the government has been trying to provide an accurate rate of time measurement? No. 27 years is the average lifespan of 4,000 different variants. The longest standing government currency, I believe, is the GBP, but it's been for a variety of different variants. I think we've been going now for 309 years in a variety of different uh, variants of the GBP. We are the longest standing fiat currency, the longest standing one. But all the rest, you have an average lifespan of 27 years. That is designed to fail deliberately because they understand this is how you modulate time. So I'm in a developing country. I've got a great product. You come along and tell me all about crypto. Uh, but what's it actually going to do for me? It's just going to be essentially a bank account. You're going to use it and utilize it just like a bank account. You ignore the Bitcoin stuff. This is just cash. And then you will know this cash is used as a reference of time everywhere else on the planet. So this is a stable medium. The other great thing about it is you can send it to everyone else on the planet. So if you want to trade, if you want to send an invoice with a QR code on it, then you can get paid instantly and you know no one messed with your money. Also, it's a brilliant way of being able to um, protect and preserve your wealth because a lot of these jurisdictions, a lot of these nations, if you have your money in a bank account, the interest rates and the fees are so aggressive. You put $100 in there, you don't have $100 at the end of the year. Right? It's that aggressive. So you, there's no real mechanism for allowing people to, to build up wealth uh, over any duration of time. These are factors that just providing people sovereignty, dominion over their own state of being, is what's going to spur the next uh, economic boom. Because there's nothing, because of the internet, there is nothing that prevents someone in Africa being exponentially smarter than anyone in this country. Nothing, because the internet sorted that out. What we haven't fixed yet is allowing this intelligent individual to trade. It doesn't matter how intelligent you are, you're still going to be a victim of your circumstance if you don't have the ability to trade. Well, that's a very persuasive argument. But why aren't you out in one of those countries with your business? But there's another condition um, as a byproduct of the misinformation that gets perpetuated in our society. And that is someone needs to be of wealth to be of value. And I mean that intellectually. We assume wealth and intellect are correlated. I assure you, I mix around quite a lot of wealth, wealthy circles. Wealth and intellect are not correlated at all. So the issue is, I need to go out and I need to conquer the business world. I need to stand on stage as a multimillionaire. I need to stand on stage as a billionaire then the real impact of what I have to say, which will shock many, can be heard. This is the condition. I don't like it. This is the condition. So unless I stand as a successful man, a successful business person, are you really going to listen to what I have to say? Absolutely not. You're just not. It allows me to broaden and extend my reach of what we're really about. If BitStocks was about money, Right now, I'll be at home. I've got two kids at home right now with my missus. I literally just FaceTimed them uh, about an hour ago because I miss them. I will be at home. I've done the money side. I'm wealthy. I could go home. I'm fine. This is not about that. This is about how can we help change the world? How can with what we're doing and our state of intellect and our state of understanding provide relief to others? This is our mission here at Pitstocks. 
when a wealthy investor comes along and says, well, I'm very interested in Bitcoin, Michael, and uh, it makes a lot of sense, are they really going to be receptive to that kind of argument or do they really just want to know what kind of profit they're going to make? The reason why clients are comfortable with us, the reason why investors are very happy and comfortable uh, in investing with us is because if you sit across the table from us, you understand from an intellectual perspective why it is that you should be associated uh, with this firm. Everything else is arbitrary. What I'm wearing, uh, the way I speak, everything else is arbitrary. The only thing that people should judge anyone by is intellect. That is it. Can I ask you one final question? If we could go back 10 years from today, uh, what would we find you doing? And if we could go forward 10 years from, from today, uh, again, what do you think we would find you doing? Oh, that's a brilliant question. Um, 10 years ago from now, I was in China um, running one of my early stage businesses, Shenzhen, on the verge of bankruptcy off the back of the 28 recession. Um, so I was probably coming back to London licking my wounds uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, fast forward 10 years from now, I give you an inkling, um, otherwise I'll be revealing way too much. I see society being very different in 10 years for a, a number of different reasons. The technology that we're going to have at our disposal are completely society changing. Being able to go to Japan for lunch, I think is going to be on the cards. So I'm going to be one of those individuals who are speaking about those kind of ideas and concepts and then providing the technology and research uh, and capital to make these things become a reality. Bitstocks is a platform for many things, providing enough uh, economic lubrication to then go out there and build infrastructure and make the world a better place um, is, is definitely how we're going to utilize uh, this economic lubrication that we, we plan on building uh, here as a firm. We're going to have the Bitstocks Foundation. Um, I have very aggressive plans towards uh, the educational system. Point blank, I don't like the educational system. I don't believe it's designed to educate. I believe it's designed to keep people in a very narrow band of information. Um, and I want to obliterate these things. I, I want people to be enlightened. Um, and I don't want enlightenment to be as used as a weapon to force others into darkness. Um, so everything I'm doing moving forward is to help bathe everyone in light. It's been great talking to you, Mike. Thank you so much Appreciate for your time. It. Thank you. My thanks to Michael Hudson of Bitstocks. Incidentally, Michael just did a great podcast in which he talked to my guest from last week, Jimmy Wynn of Enchain and the Bitcoin Association. That's on the Bitstocks podcast. From me, Charles Miller, thanks for listening, and I'll be back with another CoinGeek conversation next week. Until then, please follow us on at RealCoinGeek or keep up with the news on CoinGeek.com. Bye now. <laughs>